Next up on our 2022 schedule breakdown, we're going game by game on the defending Pac-12 North champions. We're looking at the Oregon Ducks. And I say we because we're going to hear from more than just me. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thanks for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you're listening to or watching the show. Thank you to everybody out there who has done so already. I am joined today by the host of Locked On Utes, JT Wistersill. I believe this is your first appearance here on Locked On Pac-12. Uh, so welcome and glad to have you on to help me break down Oregon's schedule this season. Thank you. Yeah, great to be on. Appreciate you joining me last week, Spencer, to talk about all the craziness that is conference realignment. And glad you get to do some schedule breakdowns and move on to what the more exciting part is, the game, rather than all the politics currently going on we have to deal with. But this is a really excited or exciting and kind of intriguing Oregon team because there are so many new pieces. I'm a big Dan Lanning fan, also a big Bo Nix fan. Going back to his debut game versus the Ducks when he back was with the Auburn Tigers. So this is a fun team, and I'm excited to get going on this. Yeah, we'll be going through it together, and I wanted to bring in a a non-Oregon source here on the show. Many of you may know I uh, host Locked on Ducks here at the network because I am a a Duck fan, so I didn't want you to think that – I didn't want you to have just one voice, you know, just the insider voice uh, with regards to someone who covers the team. So uh, that's what we've got JT on here for. Game number one for the Ducks is uh, listed as a neutral site game. Okay. Uh, they go at Georgia down in uh, Atlanta, and it is a Chick. It's the Chick Fil A kickoff game. All eyes are going to be on it. It's an 18-point spread, and that's not an encouraging sign for Oregon fans. I don't have an expectation that they win this game. I don't even have a huge hope if they win. What I'm looking for here is for improvements based on what caused the team to falter from a season ago, and also just overall. Can, can you keep it competitive? You know, I, I think there are different ways to react to different types of losses here if you're the Ducks. If they go down and lose on a last-second field goal, I'd feel really good about that. But if they go down and Georgia covers the spread and they win by 21, that wouldn't feel great. So I don't expect a win here. I hope it'll be competitive. Do you imagine that the Ducks can, can hang with the Bulldogs? I really think they can, and it's because of the new head coach, Dan Lanning. He knows Kirby Smart, what he wants to do offensively. He knows Stepson Bennett. He practiced against him all the time. I do not think Stepson Bennett is one of the elite quarterbacks in college football. I think he has some limitations, and I think if you scheme or have the right game plan for him, I think you can limit him. So I think this one could absolutely be close. I mean, look at last year, Georgia and Clemson opened the season in a game that ended 10-3. to So I think there's definitely a – I don't expect that to be – this, that low, this game to be that low scoring, but I think this could be a kind of lower scoring defensive battle game from an offense that may be trying to find its 
footing, new offensive coordinator, first-time play caller. As you've kind of mentioned, Spencer, you get a new quarterback in there in Bo Nix, a guy I like but can be inconsistent as well. So this is a really intriguing first game. I do expect the Bulldogs to eventually pull it out. They have too much talent, and as you mentioned as well, this is a not a road game for Georgia in any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, it's they hold on to it, but it's yeah. going to be a fun one week one. It will be. Yeah. The, the, those Georgia fans are going to pack that stadium big time. I, I If Oregon can get 20% in, into, into the Mercedes-Benz Dome, I think is where they're playing it. I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me. I didn't look it up before we came on to record. But uh, if they can get 20% in there, I think that'd be a pretty uh, solid showing. But, yeah, not, not major expectations there. I think we're in, in, in agreement that – It'll be an 0-1 start, and, and that will not be the most disastrous thing in the world. If Oregon does find a way to win that game, um, well, let's just let's save that for, for another time, potentially. Yeah. So, so yeah. that would uh, that that would cause some fireworks in college football. And Oregon did it last year, but I think that game on September 3rd, which is my birthday, unfortunately, probably going to be a loss. I would love it if it was a win. That'd be a great birthday present for me as an Oregon fan, but I don't see that happening. Uh, they come home next week for what should be pretty easily, um, though not as easily as everyone might think, but... They play Eastern Washington, and that should be the first win of the Dan Lanning era. It's an FCS school. It's a very good FCS school. Duck fans are familiar with the program. That sent us Vernon Adams for uh, a year that definitely is one that you label as what might have been. If he had not been injured, they, of course, went 9-3, and and he didn't play in every game. And I think they could have gotten to the playoff there, but, you know, that's a conversation for for another day because that roster was really, really good. Um, But... Eastern Washington has lost a guy in Eric Barrier who was a stud. That's a lot to replace. Now, they've had a lot of great quarterbacks over the years. I'm sure they'll find somebody who's good. Uh, uh, but overall, Oregon, FCS opponent at home, that should be a win, no problem. Yeah, Eric Barrier, you just talked about him. I mean, he won the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy for FCS football. So he's gone now. They're maybe a little closer, like you said, because give the respect that they deserve. But, yeah, this is absolutely the first win of the Dan Lanning era. Next week, they have uh, BYU at home. And I think their next two weeks, I feel pretty good that that there'll be wins because of the amount of talent still on the roster. And and look, I know Bo Nix is not the most popular quarterback in the college football world. And in talking to Auburn people, I've learned he's perhaps the most divisive player in all of college football, maybe the history of college football. Uh, I mean, that might be overstating a bit, but you get the point that that I'm making here. People are, are very divided on him. However, I do think he's an upgrade over over Anthony Brown. I, I think the floor and the ceiling are higher there with Knicks behind center. So I, I think you're going to be able to beat BYU at home if you're Oregon. I don't think it's going to be easy. BYU last year, the de facto 2021 Pac-12 South champions in the same way that UCF for the 2018 national champions, you know, they could put up the banner or something and be like, well, you know, we beat everybody there. And if we'd been in the Pac-12 South, we would have been in the championship game. So we win the Pac-12 South. I don't think this is easy. And if this is on the road, I would have a major question mark here and consider picking an upset. But because this is at home where Oregon has been really tough to beat, uh, I think Lanning and company are able to to get the first major win. And it will be a major win. This is not a game that you should gloss over at all if you're uh, an Oregon or a Pac-12 fan in general. It's not like, oh, well, it's just, just BYU. Like, no, BYU is 
quite good, and certainly uh, they're making for a stronger non-conference schedule than what the Ducks had last year because Georgia and Ohio State equivalent. But last year you played Fresno State, now you're playing BYU. That's a tough opponent. I think they get it done, but I, I think the Cougars give them a run for their money in Autzen. I feel the exact same way, especially with what you highlighted. If you're going down to Provo, this is a scary one. That's a ruckus crowd. They knocked yeah. off the youth last year. A very different Utah team, but still a Utah team that still on paper would have been really good if they had stuck out with Charlie Brewer. So still a nice win there. And I think it's going to be a fun game. This is a fun stretch in terms of Oregon when you're looking at the quarterbacks they played these next three weeks. You get Jaron Hall, Tanner McKee of Stanford, and then you get Cam- um, or Cameron Ward will actually be before the Stanford game. Yep. Cameron Ward of Washington State. Those are three guys all with a chance to be first-round quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL draft. So Dan Lanning, of course, is one of the best DCs in the country. He'll be able to handle those challenges, I think. But focusing in on this BYU game, Kalani Sataki comes with his guys always ready to play but it's just going to be a tough game in Eugene and as I mentioned I think Dan Lanning is ready for anything they're going to throw at him and I agree the first major win of his coaching error with the Ducks yeah and Kalani Sataki a very well respected name in in college football there's not anybody who knows anything about the sport that doesn't think that the guy is a good coach and from what I've come to understand a, a really good guy as well but he, he's won a lot of football games there in Provo and if you wanted to bet on them or anyone to win a particular game or on a line bet online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news of every league major league baseball go Mariners NFL NBA NHL combat sports esports even my personal favorite golf BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's keep rolling with Oregon's schedule here. We're getting into conference play, and again, this is one where... I feel like it'll be a close win for Oregon up in Pullman against Washington State. You certainly have more talent uh, from a recruiting standpoint on the roster for the Ducks, but Cam Ward, I I like Jaden Delora a lot, but I don't think they would bring in Cam Ward unless they thought his ceiling was higher, and I I think you could be dealing with an even better offense there. And, you know, the Ducks ultimately won by two touchdowns at home a season ago, and I'm sure they'll be favored in this game, but... Playing in Pullman is not what it used to be. You know, uh, there was a time within the last 10, 15 years or so where playing Washington State home or road, you just kind of glossed over it. And for a school like Oregon, you assumed it was a, a win and they weren't the only one who saw the Cougs that way. But they're not like that anymore. I think they're going to be a, a, a plus 500 team uh, and go seven and five this year once again, as they did in 2021. That was my schedule prediction for them recently here on the show. I think Oregon gets this game. I I wouldn't be totally shocked. I'd be a little surprised, but not totally shocked if the Ducks were were to stumble here. But ultimately, I I think they're able to go up there and and get it done because, you know, Jake Dickert is also a relatively young and new head coach. Washington State is the kind of team that could beat anyone and lose to anyone in the Pac-12 to me. Every yes. year they're in games all over the place. They're kind of like the Big Ten equivalent of Purdue. A lot of people talk about how Purdue. That was in my head. That yeah. thought was in my head, JT. I was about to say, I'm like, boy, once he finishes the thought, I'm going to compare them to Purdue. They are so Purdue. They are they're, they're the Pac-12 Purdue. That's Washington State. 1000%. I do agree with you. Oregon's going to come into this game and avoid an upset from the Pac-12 Purdue, but should, should still be a fun game. 
Yeah. Wow. Great minds think alike right there. Beat anybody, lose to anybody. That is uh, that has been Washington State. Coach Dickert, of course, hoping to change that. But I think it'll you know, I, I think he has a move in the right direction, but still take some uh, some time there. Oregon then goes into an interesting stretch here. And I think this is where they're going to, to rack up wins in 2022. The big test that they've got from uh, October through November 12th is UCLA at home. But every single other one, I think Oregon will probably be favored by double digits. You got Stanford at home on October 1st, then at Arizona, then you have UCLA at home, and we'll get to that in a sec. But then you go at Cal, at Colorado, and against Washington. And I like a lot of things about Oregon's roster and their team coming in, and obviously question marks about Bo Nix and Dan Lanning are, are certainly fair with regards to you know how they'll be able to perform this season, but there's still a lot of talent and, and some deep recruiting classes on that roster that Mario Cristobal left in place. And so I look at teams like Cal and Colorado and Arizona and those being three of Oregon's road games this year, and I think, boy, on the surface, you know, they're overrode under win total, according to Bet Online, is eight and a half. I'm going to have them hitting the over, and I think that's because uh, of their schedule more so than, you know, confidence in uh, a, a team wide competency or depth or talent, you know, because they just don't have, other than that Georgia game, a really, really tough road game. And their toughest one probably comes in conference play uh, for their last game of the season against. Oregon State, but you know, having Cal, Colorado, Washington, I, I think those are pretty easy wins. But uh, these two games here, Stanford and Arizona, they they certainly should be wins. I expect Stanford to be better than the three and nine team they were a year ago. But Oregon gonna have a lot of players with revenge on their minds coming back at home. You've got the better roster. I think this is a spot where the Ducks get it done, though Stanford has given them problems on more than a few occasions over the past decade and change. Um, but but Stanford and, and Arizona as well on the road, I think that's a better place to play those, those two schools, Stanford at home, Zona down in Tucson, rather than uh, going at Stanford and getting Arizona at home. Um, so I, I, think these, I think these are both wins here before the UCLA game. I agree. I do think these are both wins. I think they're both teams, though, that will have a chance to knock off the Ducks just because every single year there are a couple games that almost every year a team has a game where they drop that they shouldn't lose. And I think this is a stretch right here where, where there is a Stanford. That's kind of what happened to the Ducks last year. They shouldn't have lost to Stanford. They did lose to Stanford. You look at a team like Arizona, Coach Fisher's really got them moving in the right direction. They're on the up. They're one of these sometime in these next two years, they're going to get a big time upset win, I really believe. I don't think it comes versus the Ducks. But I won't be shocked if it does. So I do think Oregon holds on to win both of these games. But just keep an eye on to see because one game, it's Dan Lanning's first year as a head coach as well. We know Bo Nix can be an inconsistent quarterback. And I say that as someone who you talked about. He's a very divisive quarterback. I watched him that first game and really liked him from the start. So I'm a supporter of his. But no, he does have those up and down stretches. So I think it could cost them in one game. But I don't think it's coming versus Stanford or Arizona. I agree with you about Arizona's head coach, Jed Fish, and that he's going to have that that big win at some point. I don't know exactly what – it might not come this year, but at some point – I mean, if, if he's going to last as the head coach, he has to have it at some point. You have to have that first landmark win that gets the attention at the very least of the conference and say, oh, oh 
is that is that a team we need to worry about now? Because for the past couple of years, they've kind of been a rollover. But with Jaden Delore there, I, I could see it maybe happening at, at some point this year. I didn't predict it in their schedule breakdown that I did. But would I be totally surprised if they were to knock off, you know, someone who who's a heavy favorite over them, like an Oregon, a, a Utah, USC this year? I'd be a little surprised. But next year, yeah, I could I could see it because they're starting to recruit pretty darn well. Uh, of these three games, uh, you told me before we came on and started recording that you thought Oregon would drop one and you thought UCLA would be that game that that is against the Bruins at home. And I'll let you and I'll lay out why you think UCLA gets the win here. Um, but I disagree with that because uh, there's two reasons here. Number one, Oregon is at home. Well, there's three reasons. Number one, Oregon's at home. They're very tough to beat at Autzen Stadium. You, you got to have things working, you know, assuming, uh, you know, relative full health on both sides. You got to be playing some good football to go in and win at Autzen Stadium in, uh, in the last 10 years or so. The second thing is that UCLA last year, when they played Oregon, jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Then the Ducks responded and then were in control most of the game. They had a 17-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Anthony Brown gifted the Bruins two extra possessions. Now, UCLA, to their credit, capitalized on a march right down the field. They converted on fourth down several times. They were moving the ball to tire win the game, and DTR got hurt. Like That is a game that could have ended up going UCLA's way. But I think on the whole, Oregon was the better, more well-rounded team. I think they still are going into 2022 and coming at home. I think that gap is exacerbated uh, a little bit. The other thing the Ducks have going for them here is they're going to be coming home off of a bye. And it's hard It's hard for me, and maybe you, know, you, you see it differently, but... That's why I don't see them losing that game. Is it competitive? Yes. It was competitive a year ago. I expect it to be again. But I think Oregon gets that win for those three reasons. They're at home. They're at home off of a bye. And I think last year that that game ended up being closer than than it should have been. But I know you think UCLA gets it done. Yeah, I do think this is the one, like I mentioned, I think somewhere in these three, they're going to drop one of them personally. The one I feel the strongest about is I'm going to roll with the best team that is UCLA. But you did mention it. It is really tough to beat a team off a of bye as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think DTR is going to come in, have a big time game in Eugene. Kind of want some revenge, as you mentioned. Got knocked out of the game a year ago. Looking at Zach Charbonnet as well. I feel like he's one of the best running backs in the Pac-12. I feel like Chip yep. Kelly is going to be dialed in. And I just said, I feel like it's always hard because I don't feel 100% confident in this, but I really just feel like there's going to be a game that Oregon drops, as almost every program does that's not named Alabama, where you're going to lose a game that you really shouldn't lose. And I just at the moment, I peg this to be the one because of the. I'm looking at guys like Chip Kelly, some of the bigger names on this team. I do think they'll be able to score some points. I see this being a shootout personally. I think this will be the one game where Dan Landing, maybe something comes undone. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's a Bo Nix game. But this is the one to me I look at and I'm like, I think this is the one game that at the end of the season, the Ducks look back on. They're like, man, we should have won that game. We let that one get away from us. And with a first-year head coach, I think you make a really good point that, that there is a game, there's going to be a game that they lose that that they should win. I wouldn't sleep on the desert going to, they don't play ASU, but that game at Arizona, I know the Wildcats were really bad, but they played Oregon tougher than they probably should have a season ago. They're going to be better. 
They have a much better quarterback. I mean, the reason Oregon pulled away in that game, their quarterback couldn't stop throwing interceptions. And, and Jaden Delora is not going to to make the sorts of throws that we saw in uh, in their matchup last year. And Oregon's had some crazy things happen in the desert. Now, ASU in 2019 was at least a competent team, but Oregon was a two-touchdown favorite, and they went in, and Herbert was bad, and they lost that game. So I, I'm, I'm with you that... There might be one on here. It's hard to pick on uh, on paper. You know, the other two options after the UCLA game at Cal, at Colorado, I'm really low on both of those teams this year. So I, I don't see either of those being a stumble. I'm not high on Washington either. Um, and, and plus that, that game against the Huskies is at home. And, uh, you know, aside from the year where Oregon was playing a, uh, or was in a transition phase uh, with with Justin Herbert, like just started as a true freshman, and they went four and eight. Washington hasn't won at Autzen Stadium a lot. I don't think this is a team that can do that. So if I look when I look at Oregon's schedule here and think about a game that they could lose that they shouldn't, I think Washington State is an option. I think Arizona could be an option, and I would I would throw Stanford in there just because of what Stanford has been a thorn in Oregon's side. Many, many times where the Ducks should win the game on paper. And even as the game is playing out, you say, oh, Oregon should win this game. And they don't. I think those are the most likely options uh, to have it there. I'm not saying I'm not picking any of them to to pull the upset. But I think those would be the most likely candidates where Oregon could uh, could stumble. Um, Just real quick, I assume even though they're back to back weeks on the road at Cal, not a great home field advantage at Colorado. Better home field advantage, but arguably a worse team. I, I I don't see the Ducks losing either of those games. I don't either, especially if we're going off of what I kind of talked about with they're coming off a loss versus UCLA. They're extremely motivated. Yeah. And they really punish those next two teams. I I don't see it either. I just think it's a this is a really good Oregon team still. It's not a really good Cal and Colorado. Those aren't good, very good teams. So even though they are on the road, as you mentioned, I think Dan Lanning's team, especially if they do lose a game to UCLA, really comes together and really starts to make some teams pay and sweat about the Pac-12 championship. Next, they come at home after they're uh, at Colorado. They're at home against Washington. They've got two more home games uh, before the uh, the game formerly known as the Civil War against Oregon State. And they play Washington at home. Uh, like I said, I don't see that one. I, I'm not high on the Huskies either this season. I think they're in a pretty solid rebuild. And, you know, DeBoer's recruiting really well. And that's a great sign if you're a Washington fan. But I don't think they're, they're going to be ready at, at the sort of level to where they could go in Autzen Stadium and walk out with a win. Yeah, rebuild, you said it right there, and as well as how the Ducks have had their number, and I think that continues once again. Washington is not in a position – they weren't in a great position even when they were doing well to knock off the Ducks. It's not changing this year. So another loss for Washington and another win for Oregon. So going into this game against Utah at home and then the final game against Oregon State, I've got them sitting at 9-1 and one as they were a year ago. You've got them at 8-2. Uh, and two. So we're uh, just a game apart there. But that game against Utah, we've been talking about it here on the show, and it's you know statistically very well documented. Oregon does not lose at home very often. But the team that has perhaps one of the most iconic wins at Autzen Stadium in the last uh, in the last seven, eight years or so in terms of a result that Duck fans are not accustomed to seeing. Washington's got one in 2016. 
you know, 70 to 16 and Jake Browning with the point at, uh, at Justin Hollins as he goes into the end zone. That was one of them. The other one was Utah in 2015 when, you know, Vernon Adams did get hurt in that game, but the Utes were winning. They ended up running the Ducks out of the stadium there. Some special teams uh, magic there with the fake punt return. Oregon fans are are hoping that Dan Lanning and Bo Nix are an upgrade schematically and, and performance-wise on Saturdays over Mario Cristobal and Anthony Brown from a season ago. I think both have the potential to be that. If I had to guess, I'd say they're going to be. However, in two games against Utah last year, Oregon lost 76-17. to 17. That's not... That's <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of wild. But th- that is not close. And I think Nix is an upgrade over uh, over Anthony Brown. And I think at least on the defensive side of the ball, Lanning is an upgrade over uh, Cristobal. But offensive coordinator, you're probably taking a step back from Joe Moorhead to Kenny Dillingham there. But still, I think overall game management was not a huge strength, uh, a strength of Cristobal's over the, the four seasons he was Oregon's head coach. And so he could be better in that sense. But even if I think they're better in year one, do I think that the Ducks can make up 76 to 17? Even at home, I think the answer is no. And I have uh, more confidence in Cam Rising at this point in time than Bo Nix. Now, maybe by the time this game comes around, Bo Nix is a completely different player, and I feel better about you know how he's going to perform. But right now, as we're looking at these games, I don't know what I'm going to get from Bo Nix, but I know what I'm going to get from Cam Rising. And I think Utah, I don't think they'll trounce Oregon the way they did twice last year, but I do think they'll go into Autzen Stadium and get this win and hand Oregon their second loss of the year. So it was 72 to 17, you said, right? 76 to 17. 76 to 17, thank you. There's a lot of players, I think, that know that number. And I'm the locked on use guy, right? I'm going to pick Utah. I'm not. I think this is the game that Oregon gets Utah. I don't, I think. Utah is going to be undefeated actually coming into this game. I think they're going to have a really good season running over a lot of the other teams in the Pac-12, but this is where it ends. I think you talked about how tough it is to play the Ducks. I think this is a game Bo Nix is incredible. I think it's going to be an awesome matchup in the trenches because Utah's got a couple guys, Junior Tafuna, Van Fillinger, but you talked about some of those guys up front for Oregon, and I'm a huge fan of that offensive line and what they've built as well, especially looking at some of the guys they got, looking at TJ Bass, Alex Forsythe. I think they're going to get it done, and even when pressure does get through, Bo Nix excels at playing Patrick Mahomes football sometimes, and what do I mean by that? Backyard football, running around, making plays, off-platform throws, and I think he's going to have some great moments of doing that. This is one of the games where Bo Nix is going to rise up to the moment and they're going to beat the Utes. The Utes are going to be, and this is going to be the best win of the season, in my opinion, for this Oregon team. Because at this point, this Utah team's going to have a good chance to be a top four team as they're coming in this one undefeated with wins against some other ranked opponents, which would include a USC team by this point and a Florida team that should be better by this point in the season than when the Utah team faces them in week one. So I think Dan Lanning, Bo Nix, I actually think they get it done against the Utes. Every Oregon fan out there watching, and I'm going to throw this on the uh, Oregon Ducks, uh, Locked on Ducks YouTube channel as well. Every Oregon fan out there hopes that you're right. I, I really, I really do think you're wrong. Like, we did not do any talking about like, oh, how about I pick this and you pick that? I have no, I have no idea how he's picking these games. I'm surprised to hear that. Maybe it's a little sense of, 
each of us uh, had, you know, fans have a tendency to not always feel confident in uh, in their teams. But you sounded like you're just more confident in Oregon than you were uh, lacking confidence in in the Utes there. So we'll have we'll have to revisit that when uh, when when the game comes around there in November. Uh, but so that being the case, by uh, by that point, both of us, though a slightly different pass, have Oregon nine and two going into the game against Oregon State. I I think the Ducks will win and and, and be ten and two in the regular season again. I think they'll win that game, but that is another one where I look at the schedule and say, that's a game Oregon will be favored, and man, they could lose. Like on like on paper, that's a game they could lose. I, I think the three games that that I think will be wins that would be most likely to be losses in conference play: Washington State, Stanford, Oregon State. I I think those are the three. Like I I barely barely pick the Ducks here, and not just because. Uh, I might be disowned by by some Oregon fans out there if I pick the Beefs to win, but I think Oregon State's going to be a really nice team this year. If their defense can just be competent, they know how to score points. Jonathan Smith knows how to run the ball. Chance Nolan's back for another year. I think they can be an eight-win team this year, and their uh, schedule breakdown will come Monday here on the show, and we'll talk with Carter Baines of BeaverBlitz.com. But uh, JT... How, how do you see this one going? Look, I just built up all my good standing with the Ducks fans by picking them to beat the Utes. I'm not throwing <laughs> that away for this robbery game right here. This is a huge game. Dan Lanning understands the meaning of it. The players understand the meaning of it as well. I don't think coming off the high of a Utah win is going to be a problem because it is your rival. Anything can happen in a rivalry game, but I do trust the Ducks to get it done. It will be a hostile environment, but I think this team will be battle-tested and ready for it after the course of the season. I expect them to get the win over their rival Beavers. I'm with you that if it is a win against Utah, they they will not be primed for an emotional letdown because they're playing Oregon State, right? I mean, you get up for that game no matter what happened the week prior. I, I think on on that same note, if what I am predicting here comes to pass and they lose to Utah, it'll make them extra motivated as they were a, a season ago and. You know, they were up 31 to nine. And then like a lot of Mario Cristobal games, when uh, he was at Oregon, they had a lead and then it dwindled away in the fourth quarter because of um, conservative defensive play calls, frankly, just giving up a bunch of yards and ultimately uh, a bunch of points. Um, but so you and I both, I, I think, have Oregon at 10 and two repeating as the North champs where where they are the favorites this year uh, and getting back to the Pac-12 championship game. Um, any final thoughts here on, on how things might play out in 2022 for the Ducks? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really fun team. As I talked about, you lose some guys in Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Travis Dye as well, but I really think they've done a really good job reloading. As I mentioned, I think Bo Nix is a really exciting and fun player. And I think Dan Laney is going to be a really fun and exciting head coach. It's going to be fun to see. I think this team's going to have a chance to win the Pac-12. I am going to stick with Utah to win the Pac-12, get into revenge in that championship yeah, me too. game versus based on my own 
predictions, but I do think it's going to be a really fun Ducks team. And I think at the end of the year, Oregon fans are going to be really excited about what Dan Landing is building, and Oregon's going to be just fine. It usually takes a year to become a program, and I mean, we just like I said, we just haven't gone ten and two. Like that is better than the start Mario Cristobal got the Ducks off to as well. So I think that would be an incredible year for them, and they'll have a chance to be Pac-12 champs. And I think whatever the results of the championship game yield, I think this team does end the season with a bowl win as well. So I think we're looking to the year after as well being like, man, watch out for Oregon. Because I think next year is when they'll have, I feel even stronger about their chances to win the Pac-12. I think it's just going to be tough to beat a team like Utah twice. It is prediction season here on the show, and we can't wait for it to actually be football season. His name is JT Wistersill. You can follow him on Twitter at JTWISTRCILL. He is the host of Locked On Utes on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for coming on the show, and we will talk to you soon, my man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate everybody listening. See you on Monday, and have a wonderful rest of your day.